Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wooden! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Native Land Pod is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with Reason Choice Media. What's up, everybody? Welcome home, y'all, to the fifth episode of yeah. Native Land Pod, and yeah. we're in person. Yay. Yes, we're Happy all in the same birthday room. Birthday oh, thank you. Happy birthday. I'm 45, y'all. Get you it, look girl. Good. Thank you. Get you look good. Can my, I tell y'all, I didn't know I was middle sister. aged. <laughs> You're choosing throw violence something. right off the top. Throw something. I give you permission. I didn't know I was middle aged. I didn't know 45. Oh, yeah, I, mean, like that. I don't receive that. Really? No. What's you, wrong you with middle aged? 44. <laughs> Well, I mean, we all I didn't my Obama year that puts you in your Trump year. I know. 45 is bad. Oh. It started out bad. No. So it's going to end up good. Or it could be, you get second chances, third Turn chances, fourth chances. You know. That is true. That's true. Well, anyway, Aquarius season. So thank y'all because this is my birthday gift here being with you all. Oh, we love you too. I'll tell our listeners after this we're all going to go eat. Yes. Stuff our faces. Yes. If we can get there. Depends on if we decide to filibuster this pod or not. Okay. Because we go long on this podcast. (laughs) We do. We do. We do. We don't know how to stop talking. We we have so much interesting things to say that it's a lot happening in the country. That we think are interesting. It's very meaty. Yes. (laughs) Yes. What we think are interesting. Yes. Exactly. The listener may or may not. Who knows? Well, the numbers say they do. Thank y'all for rolling with us. As you know, on Native Land Pod, we give it to you straight, no chaser. And mm. so I want to let you guys know we are going to be talking about a lot on this episode. Yeah. We're going to, um, so we had a primary this week, two primaries, mm-hmm. uh, Nevada and uh, Nevada. Nevada, Nevada, Nevada. 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 Forgive that. me, all the folks in Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> all the West Coast folks. Uh, right. A-Ry ain't going to never let us diss the West Coast. Ever. So Nevada. Nevada. Um, and South Carolina. So we'll get into that. Um, immigration. Every time we talk about immigration, I feel like it's a flood of comments. That's a lot of heat on it. Yeah. People feel away. And people, I will tell you, people have been coming after me like, Tiffany, you have no idea what you're talking about. And let me tell you what's happening in Chicago and New York. And I heard okay. y'all. So okay. we're going to get into that again. Yeah. Right. Maybe we um, need to today. Native Land Pod live there. Oh, so we can invite really us, y'all. We, we want to come roll to your city. Invite us. 
Um, we're also going to get into something that we talked about doing on this podcast is talking about some of these state bills that um, are happening because a lot of people don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these state um, these laws that are passed at the state legislature become federal law. So we're going to start paying attention to that as well. Um, we're going to y'all know what's happening Sunday. Yes. The NFL. Mm. So we're going to talk about that. Super Bowl. Yes. Um, and Angela, I know you read a really interesting report. From McKinsey, we're going to get into that. Um, and I just want to take a moment and thank you guys because of the response to Andrew's testimony last week. Andrew, I know you stay off social media. We all need to. Um, but it was overwhelming. So there were so many people just showing you all the love, my brother. So um, his testimony was so harrowing and so much. Uh, we're going to play the second half of his testimony. So I want you guys to really stick around and listen to that because um, after going through such uh, turmoil and personal um, crisis and, and surviving that, so cheers to you. Um, then the Lord sent another challenger away. Bless it, yes. bless it, Father. And you survived that. <laughs> um, but getting into the trial, I think that so is um, super, super important. So you guys, please be sure to stick around for that. Um, so we got a lot to get to get into. Let's on this do podcast. it. Let's go. Yes. Yeah. Let's go, let's, go, so, let's get right into it. I uh, I think we have to kick it off with the primaries this week. Um, were there primaries? <laughs> primaries. <laughs> yeah. yeah. South Carolina and Nevada. So I think why it's important for us to talk about this is these two states have the um, highest population of people of color when it comes to primary states. So so far in the yeah oh no period yeah for you're primary right. states yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. so South Carolina has a large not the largest but a very large black population and um, Nevada has a very large Latino population black population labor indigenous population right big labor community there because of all the casinos um, labor obviously plays an, an outsized role in politics. So we got to get into it. Um, I will be honest with you guys. I was not paying attention. Mm. Um, you didn't miss I, much. Yes. <laughs> well, I wanted to take a break from it all. I wanted to like focus on myself. On yeah, you know, it's your birthday uh, time. Yeah, yeah. So I felt a little ease uh, being out of the news. So Angela actually updated me this morning. Angela, please tell me the results <laughs> of the Nevada. Nevada. Primary. Well, um, I will say the Biden-Harris campaign pushed out some results this morning talking about there were uh, there was a 90 percent of the 2020 turnout in this year's um, primary. Um, in South Carolina. No, this is in Nevada. Oh, Nevada. Um, okay. Yes. And um, I think that I'm a little concerned because I know you said, Andrew said, I wouldn't have shown up at all. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I just... But I, I think that, 20. you know, we just need to be aware of these numbers, particularly yeah. as it relates to people of color. However, mm. I feel like the big news in Nevada is that Nikki Haley opted out of the caucuses and into the primary. Um, she says she didn't compete. Her campaign says she didn't compete. But let me tell you who did compete. Wait, wait, wait. Let wait, me... wait, 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 wait. So that the viewers understand it completely. Donald Trump chose the caucuses over the primaries and therefore was not. And name on the ballot. Yes, but oh, in the okay, that's a, that, okay. Yes, so because you can only pick the primary or the caucuses, right? Yes, so Nikki Haley chose the ballot. She chose the primary, and there was another choice on the ballot that Donald Trump did push. So there was a ghost of Donald Trump on the ballot. It was not any of these candidates. <laughs> Wait, but do you mean like none of the other candidates are on there, or a choice? Was... There was a choice that said, and I quote. Not any of these candidates. <laughs> like option A is Nikki Haley. Any of these option candidates. Option B is none of y'all. Do y'all want to know who won? 
I have uh, a feeling please, not roll, any roll. of these candidates <laughs> beat Nikki Haley's ass. I'm sorry. Whoa. I had to say ass right Fall there. Because what oh in the world? Can plane. you imagine? So the daddy, campaign is I'm trying. Your God they heard it, but okay. they needed to hear that. Here's the thing. Nikki Haley has to be embarrassed. Her campaign has to be mortified. But they said they putting it all on the line in South Carolina. So, of course, South Carolina primaries this weekend were just the Democrats um, this past weekend. The Republicans are coming up um, on the 24th. Yeah. So, yeah. So we'll see. Well, as you were saying this, um, our producer, Nick, uh, is a stellar producer. He actually has the winner of the GOP primary caucus on the line. Oh, oh great. Please help me welcome none of these candidates. <laughs> none of y'all. Thank you for joining us. What say you about your <laughs> defeats? Oh, I'm sorry, about your victory. Give us your remarks on your stellar victory in Nevada. All right, that you heard it here first, folks. We have the GOP winner of the Nevada <laughs> primary with those really riveting, compelling remarks, I'd yeah, say. Yeah. All right, can we just, I know we got to move on, but I want to talk about South Carolina because mm. um, w- some people were taking that and saying, oh, it wasn't a big turnout and, you know, black voters aren't turning. I get so tired of hearing that, um, that, that trope. Did you guys have any thoughts on that or are we done with that? Well, black voters weren't turning out for the Republican primary. Of course not. Right. But, but, but well, in the truth. the Republican primary, I would. It's not yet. Yeah. I understand. Let's my cross point, but, it. Let's nix that. But, but my <laughs> point is, is in a non-contested presidential election, right. a lot of people don't take time to go out to the polls to just reconfirm what we already know, which Precisely. is Biden and Harris will be the nominees for Democrats. So I, to me, I don't think we ought to overread that, that whole situation. I agree. The only thing I'll tell you guys is our dear sister Latasha Brown, who's been doing yes. Goldman's yeah. work all Love over you. the South Love and you. also Cliff. in South Carolina. Cliff and Cliff. 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 I'm not going to forget about you, brother. I just say our sister because she's, she's literally our machete. She's our sister. Yeah. But, um, yes, and Cliff Albright and April. I love yes. them. Um, I will say this. They said that there was an increase um, in black voter turnout in South Carolina. Wow. So even though the numbers were down, I tell you who did not see an increase in black voter turnout on his ballot account was uh, Dean Phillips. <laughs> Well, anyway. I thought you were going to say Tim Scott, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Tim Scott is competing in the Republican primary. To he's have not to competing take, in nothing. But he's still on yeah. the ballot. He's still on the ballot, I think. For the Senate, is he? He was, he was on, no, he was on the, he's on the ballot in Nevada. They can't They can't take you, things? I don't think they can take you off. We got to check and us out. And none of these candidates. Me, and, and, and not even fact him. Check me, Lolo. So he got beat by nobody either? No, none of again. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yes. None of these. So did Mike Pence. But, the, but the thing is, okay. the one who's still in the race, Nikki Haley, got beat by none of these candidates. Well, uh, <laughs> President, none of these candidates advice might be to a real Nikki Haley, You may want to run idea. as none of them. Right, exactly. Change your name legally, Nimrata. I know. Angela don't like what I call her Nimrata. Not for your birthday, Tim. Not for your birthday. It's her name, guys. It's her name. It's her name. That's what her mama called her. All right, everybody, we got a lot more show coming up. When we come back after this break, we're going to get into immigration. You guys have a lot to say about immigration. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, was booted. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Oh! 
Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I, I'm eager for this next topic because immigration. We've mm -hmm. talked about this a few times on the show and, and so many of you guys listening weigh in on this immigration thing. And look, I want to say I've heard everybody from Chicago and New York saying, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know. Um, you guys know where uh, Angela and I are in um, our girl group, our group chat. And so um, in our co-ed chat, actually, I think this came up in our co-ed chat. And we were talking about immigration um, and this is how I know we have our finger on the pulse of the community because you guys, your questions are always very consistent with what we talk about. And so I want to kick us off with a viewer question who's going to get us right into this conversation. Yeah. Uh, so let's roll the viewer question and we'll talk about it on the other side. Good day, Native Land. My name is Valentine and I live in Hinesville, Georgia. Uh, my question is, what do you think about what 50 Cent did over the weekend when he did a tweet? Me personally, I have a problem with that. Because if you're going to tweet something like that, tweet all the other stuff too. Tweet uh, um, what the House Republicans are doing right now that's not working with the Democratic Party about uh, making some kind of bill to control the border. He's not educating his people. I do believe people like that, the rappers, they're not, they have the platform, but they're not really educating the people like they should. Tell me what you think. All right. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Which, which, uh, I'm going to kick it to y'all. Oh, you go. 
Well, I I have a challenging time when um, first let me just say rappers are tax paying citizens and they have a right to weigh in on everything. So I really don't appreciate this. Um, not from the viewer, but sometimes from society, there's this attitude of shut Stay up and dribble. Place. You know, stick yeah. to sports, yeah. Yeah. stick to music. Yeah. Um, and these people probably pay more taxes than some of the people suggesting these things. Maybe. So Maybe. he he has a right that? to weigh Donald in. Didn't. Um, fair, fair enough. But I think the the bigger point that I would say for um, people who hear these kind of remarks, because somebody read a paper for the first time in six months, they're not an expert on something. Because someone is doing kind of this like hashtag news following, they're not an expert. This is one person's opinion. And so when you hear this, I would invite everybody, find the, the solid resource yourself. Yeah. Um, because 50 doesn't work on uh, immigration uh, issues at all. But I think the bigger issue that this gets into, um, and I think that the, what the viewer was trying to suggest is there are other issues happening. One of the conversations we were having is in the black community, are there are some members of the black community who are being anti-immigrants mm. or is it a fight over resources? Yeah, Tiff, I, um, I agree with you that uh, any taxpaying citizen, anyone that is watching what's happening in this country has a right to opine on it. Um, even young folks who don't aren't working or our el- elders who may not be working, um, they have a right to opine on what's happening. I think the challenge is that um, when we think about the haves and the have nots, uh, oftentimes folks who look like us find ourselves on the have not side, like most other people of color. Right. And I think that the concern I have is the haves get to escape with, you know, blemish free. Like there's there's nothing on them about this. And that is what is troubling to me. So 50 Cent, he actually didn't just have an opinion. He raised a question. Mm -hmm. Eric Adams, tell me what's going on with these cards. So, um, well, let's we should say what the cards are. Yes. So there is a um, a pilot program in place in New York, and three million dollars. Yes, and it's a thousand, th- a thousand per family. Yes, and it is um, a card that is essentially like SNAP benefits, but for migrant uh, community members. Why there were thousands of meals being thrown away every day because folks are like, I don't want this nasty food. Like I want something else. So these cards can be used at the local bodega and grocery store so that they can cook the things that they actually want to eat. Now folks looking at this could say, well, what about us? We actually have SNAP benefits for low income, under-resourced families all throughout the country through federal programming. But this particular program also works with a black-owned business that I can't remember the name of right now. But I do want to play Eric Adams' sound in response to— Oh, this is him responding to 50. 56. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's, let's hear that. This was a small policy shift that we're doing on a pilot project with 500 people. If this is successful, we're going to expand it even more so that we can bring down, we got to bring down the cost, 20% we want to bring down the cost and uh, their team are, are doing their job. So uh, I told um, 50 Cent to hit me up. I would love to explain it uh, to him uh, so that he can go out and do another tweet of saying, you know what, Eric is just a smart manager and now we understand why he was elected by the people of this city of New York. 
I love it. I love it. So as 50 Cent asked Ari Melber, um, Tiff's former colleague, my former colleague as well, to explain what happened. Um, He's become a a rapper whisperer. Uh. But also we we think that we can can give you a run for your money on that, Ari. And so to this end, um, we hope that now it is clearer. Um, to 50 Cent, um, you know, what is going on. And not just to him, but he was bold enough to ask the question. A lot of people with these questions all over the country about where is mine? Yeah. Well, I I think that's kind of the thing, Andrew, right? Like, so I... I do. I look at our comments, even the comments left on Native sure. Land Pod. Um, one, thank you everybody for following Native Land Pod on all of your platforms uh, at Native Land Pod. But a lot of those comments are actually to me anti-immigrant. <clears throat> um, so I think there are two conversations. One is what about us, yeah. which I think is always Angela's point because Angela, you know, you were quick to say, "Hey, no, 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 no." These are people who are also suffering, who are saying, "We, you know, it looks like some people are leapfrogging over us, and we need our resources too." Then there's another bucket of people who. Are saying I don't want these people here. Yeah. They are replacing the black population. Yeah. They're going to outnumber us. Yeah. Um, you know, by a certain year, we're going to be the minorities. And they already, the Latino population already eclipses the black population in terms of eligible voters, not registered voters, but eligible voters. And there are people who feel a way about that. That to me is anti-immigrant. Yeah. And that is also very similar to what certain pockets of the white population feel about people of color becoming um, the dominant population in 2044. Yeah. I don't I don't like to hear us talk like that. You know honest. what? I think so d- real quick on this one. Eric Adams did mention in his response that this is cheaper. Yes. He said he we said have a goal less. of the 20 yes. percent. We want to cut the, the budget on this by 20 percent. But it is cheaper than what they are spending right now. Yeah. Um, here in America, we don't tend to just let people languish on the street hungry without having some shelter available for them to get food if there isn't permanent overnight housing for folks there's an extension of it they can't because actually mayors as you know would be liable for it yeah have to have a solution of course every kid well the community would demand one they'd say we're tired of these folks laying out on the street they say that you've got to open up absolutely they're saying you're putting these people in our neighborhoods you're closing down our schools so there is an expectation that we will tend to the problem one way or another Mm -hmm. and what mayor adams is saying he doesn't have the luxury of being a derelict on this these are issues that are that are confronting his city, his community, his constituents, and he wants to address them, but he wants to do it in, uh, frankly, a more cost-effective and cost-efficient way. That's what they are piloting. Um, And the way I used to think about it when I was a mayor was you're going to pay one way or another. Right. You can pay the smart way in advance or you can wait and take it up on the back end. Yeah. And then you're dealing with incarceration rates and you're dealing with arrests and you're dealing with police dividing their time between dealing with homeless folks versus real crimes that are taking place in communities. So these are the kinds of decisions that are being made. And we should not pretend that some portion of money wouldn't be going this way anyway. Yeah. He's only trying to say, let's do it and let's do it in a cost efficient and effective way. That also happens to feed people. That right. also happens to use a black-owned business. And to this point, you were brought up anti-immigrant um, sentiment. If we did get a question about the border, there's mm. a contingency that's still saying, "Build that wall." We like, meanwhile, what wall? Let's roll that question. Good morning, family. This is Big Cousin Will Almighty from St. Louis, Missouri. And my question is: With all the talk of the border, securing the border, closing the border, border remaining open, why is it America? don't solve the real problem, the reason people are running and escaping their lands to come to America. I believe that would solve the problem, right? Uh, Okay. Can I just first say, 
I love it. Big cousin Will Will Almighty. Almighty. (laughs) (laughs) School days. School days. Catch up, catch up. Did you know that was What school side day? y'all on? Did y'all know that was school I just wonder what side you on. I just want to know, okay. What side are you on? You don't get to decide. I'll go I, ahead and tell I you. I mean, I guess I got to be a gamma ray, but okay. that ain't really I'm my... I'm just saying. I ain't really down saying. with the gamma ray. We're not doing color complex. That's what we're trying to get. Bring the black. Y'all just high-fived each other. Y'all just high-fived each other. I'm G5G. I'm G5G. I just want to say, we trying to bring the black and brown community together in here. You trying to separate us. Y'all just high-fived over school days. Here, I high-five you too. I'm good. I'm not Oh, wow. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Big Cousin Will. I love this question because yeah. we kind of got into this last week because yes. a lot of these policies come from the United States meddling in Central America. Um, but you worked on the Hill. So I've, I really want to hear your perspective on this. I know we, we're going long. So this is my very brief synopsis. Synopsis. What I would tell you is that right now, um, just like we talked about last week, Joe Biden has introduced a set of border principles, told the um, the GOP-led Republican um, House to get a bill to him. Mm. Uh, the Senate has agreed on said bill. bill. Then the Republicans said, actually, we just want to vote on standalone aid for Israel and what have you. Meanwhile, there's still no solve for this. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there a border bill needs to be done. Yes, we need a more humane immigration system. Yes, we need to ensure that the immigration um, system accounts for dreamers. This bill right now yeah. doesn't even account for dreamers. That Remind is a, folks what dreamers are. Yes, those are folks who were born here yeah. to parents who were, were undocumented. undocumented. Yeah. But they're treated like they're not citizens. We have to find our humanity in this process. I'm not saying that black folks should bear the brunt of that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that when you get mad at a migrant family trying to figure out how to make ends meet, trying to escape, as this man just said, big will almighty, big cousin will, by (laughs) the way, as he just said, like, they're escaping something. And sometimes, as you said last week, those conditions are those that we created for those neighboring countries. I I just say what I said a couple weeks ago on this, which is we keep fighting the wrong enemy. I get that people are upset when they see new communities arrive in their communities and seemingly or in practicality or reality take jobs that might otherwise be available to them. But we've still got job shortages all across the country in jobs that Americans currently are not willing to fill. Yeah. They're thus creating um, uh, the need for a a lot more folks to come in. But, But the point being, the economic policies domestically and internationally of this country, but of the world, is largely what is driving what is happening around immigration policies. If we were truly trying to solve the problem, you would go after the employers who are employing folks who are undocumented and then paying them off the roll, off the script. Because they benefit from that. They are the ones who benefit from it. And the workers suffer. That's what I was saying. We don't talk about the haves. We only on the have-nots. That's where... That's where the line of division is, folks. Don't let us squabble amongst all of us who are just trying to live, survive, and maybe one day thrive. This is a fight between the have everything. That's it. Right? Versus folks who are just trying to make a life and a living for themselves. So uh, much of this is misplaced. 
Um, but we're allowed to do that because that's exactly how this debate is supposed to go. That's how it's gone for for all of time in this yeah, country, yeah. which is you put people who are all in need against one another while the folks who have it all yeah. are sitting there watching the drama play out. That's a, You've coined it perfectly. I know we're running long. We're good. I just want to get a one more question in if we can. Um, we want to make sure you guys feel like you're part of the conversation and we love getting all your viewer questions. So please be sure to keep submitting uh, your viewer questions. We will always take time on Native land pod to answer them um but i just want to get one more question in on this if we can hello native pod my name is charlene i'm a bronx girl in baltimore um i have a question i was wondering i know angela had mentioned about you know um uh, steps being made for a comprehensive black agenda and um i wonder what does that look like in practice i have friends from all over the world and I am clear that the interests of some Black Americans and the interests of some um, people who identify as Black but come from across the diaspora, I feel like we have a different vested interest in this country. Um, I feel like Black Americans have allowed all other um, immigrants to enter to start their journey in um, our country as human. Um, that was the, the 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 price we paid, you know, in blood, sweat, and tears. But I, I feel like some of that gets, yeah, okay, it's done, has that sentiment. Thank you for that question, Charlene. First of all, I want to say welcome home to your pooch who we heard oh. in the background. <laughs> he has some things to say, too. He was like, yeah, um, I love girl. that question. Exactly. Um, Angela, I'll, I'll kick that to you because this this speaks directly to our girl, Alicia Garza, who's one of the three founders of Black Lives Matter, who runs Futures Pack, who um, did do a comprehensive black agenda that um, we try to lift up as much as possible. Yeah. Black Futures Lab. Black Futures Lab. And, and, ba you're called, and Back to the Future Action Fund. Thank you. And love you, she announced she just got a new job. Oh, she is this just, public? Can we talk public, about this? Okay, public, Alicia Garza is now at JMB, right? I, well, we're going to have to figure that out okay i think that she got a new it. job wait y'all yes. don't know the job you just we do we've been talking Look about our group chat you see i gotta pull up something else you can't just break Look, news gotta, well i'm pretty sure it's jmb where she her whole focus will be on building better infrastructure and, and funneling um funds to grassroots organizations so congratulations she's a funder now you're a funder she's a fender now congrats to alicia garza exactly all right, but Charlene's question, I think, is um, a legitimate one. What do y'all have on that? Yeah, well, she's right. Um, she said black folks have have been, I don't know, she didn't use the word eager, but have welcomed communities who have immigrated into this country seamlessly and have treated them as human and humane from jump. And she's right about that. And the sacrifice and service that black folks have made to this country, she basically said, is baked into the pie. Folks are like, yeah, 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 that happened, but it was a long time ago. And she's right to acknowledge that, yeah, it happened, but the legacy, right, its tentacles live on today. Our willingness to hold up the country, uh, to hold it accountable to its truths, it doesn't, it doesn't ever seem to disappear. Yeah. What surprises you, Tiffany, about comments from black folks sounding anti-immigrant mm -hmm. is that's not how we sound. Right. That isn't who we have been. Um, um, and I don't think we're it's who we not. are. Yeah, I don't think it's who we are, to yeah. be truthful about it. I don't think it. so either. I think I it's the penetration it. of 
other people's conversations. Right. Thank you, Andrew. Depending yes. on who we are and trying to reshape 100%. our character, our, our morals, who, who we are as a people. Weaponizing but communities of color against for each For sure. Other. And it's like to it. their benefit do the and not ours. Work. So I'm not going down that road. Um, um, uh, but I appreciated the depth of what was in that question and I completely yeah. relate. I um I, I want to switch gears a little bit um, to the portion of her conversation that talks about a black agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a recent report from the McKinsey Institute for Black Economic Mobility, um, the state of black residents, the relevance of place to racial equity and outcomes. And mm. in this report, what I think is the most fascinating thing is that there is a solution, and I, that's why I'm bringing it up around a black agenda, there's a solution for a $1.7 trillion to a $2.4 trillion affordable housing plan over two decades that would help close a racial um, wealth gap, particularly around housing yeah. mm. um, and access to housing, um, that if we do not implement this $1.7 to $2.4 trillion plan, it will take us more than 320 years to close that gap Three with centuries. And we've already been here doing that. And I think that you that's the first flag. I think that if we are not very clear that it is only going to be economics, it's only going to be dollars and cents that fix the very significant problems that yeah. we have in this country, we just got to do it. So um, a few things from this report. Um, they talk about an urban periphery, which is essentially the suburbs. Black outcome scores are just 64 percent of white outcome scores. So there's still a significant gap there. But what does that mean? Like in wealth? In, in ter- specifically around housing. like Just ho- housing. Ju- it's housing. It is um, um, safety. It is access to food. All of these things. They, okay. they have a like a whole little table, a-, a handy dandy chart okay. that I'll make sure that y'all get to see. But it talks about everything from the standard of living, the job, like well-being, mm-hmm. livelihood in these communities, what that looks like. So 64 percent to white folks. Um, there's It says that less than 0.1 percent of the black population lives in a county close to parity. 0.1 mm. percent. So these numbers are astounding. They're things that we almost get hardened to them when, when we were talking about this. Um, as we planned for the podcast, one of the things that Tiff said to me that struck me, but it's so true, is, okay, we're used to this, though. Like, what's mm-hmm. the what's the new data here? What's, yeah. what's the point? Because we know we're behind. Yeah. yeah. But what, what I like about this is they also gave a plan for what would close those gaps. Yeah. And I think that there are things that the, the Hill needs to be considering. Mike Johnson can't do nothing else. Maybe he can figure out a reparations plan for black Mike people. Johnson, <laughs> the Republican, the, Mike so, Johnson, yeah. the Republican Speaker of the House, by the way. We'll see how long and the he lasts can't now. Let, 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 yeah. Let's not hold our breath on, yes. on, on, on We'll see how Johnson long he survives that. in this But I will say, you know what I mean? The truth is, is that the 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 agenda to solve some of these things has have, have always been present. We yeah. always know what they are because they're the same agenda that solves these problems for white folks. Yeah, yeah, That's which true. is why they don't exist largely. Yeah, uh, I mean, as a the problem New Deal. in white communities. How Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, uh, uh, you know, a the shout GI out Bill. to right. Um, the book The Sum of Us, which Heather McGee uh, uh, wrote, but she talks about all of these ideas, whether it be uh, free uh, education, whether it is um, the GI Bill of Rights, yeah. all of those initiatives as they came along were widely popular with what constituency? The overwhelming majority of white folks in this yeah. country. Yeah. They benefit when we're healthy. Majority. Everybody wins. Yeah. Ex- where did so it change? True. It changed after the Civil Rights Act when those same programs 
would be allowed and extended to black yeah. folks as well. That 100%. is when we began to lose the majority of support in this country. That's evergreen. It's, mm-hmm. it, it, it is gun, evergreen. Gun rights. But, evergreen. Yeah. Change is, when we started arming But it is yeah. also the reason yeah. why these disparities are existing in the way that they are. If, if, the, if the government did nothing else, just making sure that home ownership was more accessible to more of us yeah. would be would be a great step in the right direction because for most people who own homes, it is your one beautiful apple of security. Mm -hmm. You can borrow against it and then pay yourself back and not pay taxes on it. You can use it as leverage should your household run into a crisis and you need uh, something as an emergency. You lose it as collateral if you're starting a business. The, The abilities that you get through home ownership are manifold in this society. And it shouldn't confuse any of us why it is that so many black folks don't have that same opportunity and access. Just a point of clarification, because I don't know if I said it, this report isn't just dealing with home ownership, though. It's affordable housing, period. Like, Mm -hmm. even rent. Even rent is talking about that disparity. It's crazy. And a lot of those protections during COVID that had a moratorium on uh, evictions and foreclosures have since expired. So housing security in our community has gotten even worse um, as the rise of inflation which is not specific to any political party um, and and crime increase, all of that. But I have questions about this because I do wonder, um, is home ownership the only path to wealth? It is not. I was just trying we to sh- give some of the examples yeah, no, I got it. Yeah. of what you get through that. On the, on, the, on the rental piece, so almost every state has affordable housing trust funds. And almost every one of them don't live up to the guarantee of those affordable housing trust yeah. funds. In Florida, we have it. It is baking with money. That the Republican legislature borrows against to pay for its other priorities. Mm-hmm. It's flush, mm-hmm. but they won't build the housing that the money is intended uh, uh, to be built. And that is a true statement for state after state after yeah. state. It doesn't get more secure for most people That's why than you, knowing yeah. that you have a roof over you your head. You have to look at these state on. legislators. Right. Who runs the state legislature? And know the difference between that and the federal government. And right. then you'll start to see where That's some right. of these democratic policies do benefit you, but maybe your state legislature doesn't. Right now, Michael Harriet is, is black, in the building. Black Keep History Month. So we are literally live right recording our podcast. I'm right here. And we were told that Michael Harriet, New York Times bestselling author of, of Black AF History, was in the building uh, recording breakfast club and so we were like oh he should come by and while we're recording our podcast michael harry ladies and gentlemen what's going on what's going on welcome michael how's everybody doing our Good, favorite brother, tweeter. Our favorite Thanks for tweeter. having me. I guess if yeah. this is having me. And we don't even do guests. Yeah, I'm no, still we like don't I'm, even do guests. Yeah, I'm crashing. Like my podcast, I don't even have guests either. So I Cousin Mike just, just yeah. rolled through. I yeah. This is the benefit of being in person. Welcome We're home, Michael Welcome Harriet. home, oh, Michael Thank y'all for having me. Been, like, y'all just blowing up the internet right now. <laughs> like, y'all like four episodes in and everybody's like talking about this new podcast. Oh, <laughs> what, 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 what do we need to know? What does our community need to know? We're at, we're at the top of Black History Month. What would you leave us oh, yeah, for Black History Month. Oh, give us a black fact. Yeah. Oh, uh, what a, uh, what a, <laughs> oh, uh, that, I, again, one of my people who listen to me know, I believe South Carolina is the capital of black America. Okay. Um, everything that you know about black people and think about black people and think about black people in America came through South Carolina first from mm. the Montgomery boys, bus boycott. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't exist without South Carolina. The laws against uh, governing the enslaved uh, were formatted for all of the states because of a rebellion in South Carolina. So it all, everything dates back to and South Carolina. Except what is it, almost what, 70% of us can trace our... 
Like, oh, yeah, that was yeah. the largest um, slave port. The largest port. Yeah. Right. Was in Charleston. Right, everybody came through South Carolina. Wow. All your relatives and ancestors came through South Carolina. Wow. I knew That's I knew right. we could just see Michael and say, give us a black history yeah, fact. I knew this right off the top pocket. of his head. was going to be like, here's a black AF history. Yep. If y'all haven't that. got the book yet, New Please. York Times bestselling author, this is Michael Harriet. Brilliant Black brother. AF history. The book is phenomenal. Amazing. Brilliant. Amazing. It's so dense to read. Like, I read a little bit every day. So good. It's so good. Like, so I don't want to finish it. You're saying it. it's, it's like the Bible. Bible. It's my Bible. It is. It, it is, is my Bible. I'm not going to co-sign. I've purchased it for people. It really yeah, does you know. like carry you through yeah. um, history in a different way. And the interesting thing about it, Michael, you were not, your mind was not co-opted by a school system that taught you a different history. So when you hear this stuff, you're like, what? Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. That's not true. This fantasy of America y'all think exists, that's not the real history of it. So, you even get it. I'm not going to give away the book so you got to read it. But you talk about cannibalism. And how this country was founded. Right. Uh, Read the yes. book. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. You got to know about the That's founding fathers. That's a great fathers. teaser. That is. That's a good yeah. teaser. We saw how you came by. So you don't have to go home, but. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was great being Don't being go far, Michael. Uh, <laughs> we love Michael you. Harriet, everybody. Thank you, you Michael Harriet. This next bill that we want to tell you guys about. So it's a bill out of Georgia um, that is run by a Republican state legislature, and this new um, this it's a new system that could potentially make it uh, difficult for people with of, of low income um, to get bail. You guys, I'm sure, have heard all about the challenges around bail reform. Of um, so we want to get into that because we think that's important. But before we do, we want you to know what's actually in the bill. Uh, so take a listen to this, and we will get more into it on the other side. SB 63 was a harmful bill that was going to, as you said, include um, at least 30 offenses where judges would be required to set bail. Um, and then at the last minute, uh, it included severe restrictions on charitable bail payments. Um, it caps charitable bail payments um, at three per year for individuals, corporations, nonprofits, churches, uh, as well as charitable bail organizations like us. Um, and so at a time when the justice system is overburdened, uh, jails are overcrowded, to not only ensure that more people will be subjected to bail um, and likely unaffordable cash bail, to also take away the lifeline that charitable bail funds and other charitable bail payments um, offer to low-income individuals is particularly concerning for Georgians across the state. As I said before, there's a two-tiered system of justice in any cash bail system. And that's a system where people with money can be released and people without money can't. Um, and so it has nothing to do with public safety ultimately, right? If you and I are arrested and charged with the same crime, but I have the money in my bank account to get out and you don't, that's what's going to determine pretrial liberty, not whether or not you or I pose a risk to the public. All right. So this bill, Bill, I have to say, just to put, I want to frame this for our, our viewers and our listeners. Um, 80% of people in jail right now have not been convicted of a crime. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, more than 95% of crime is not violent. And uh, for the number of incarcerated people for pretrial um, cash bail has increased 433% from uh, 1970 to 2015. In that uh, Khalif Browder who we all sadly, yeah. tragically know, took his life after this child, this teenager, was put in Rikers with adult um, prisoners. And he talked about his harrowing journey there, not knowing when violence was going to attack. Uh, when they see us, 
Ava DuVernay's brilliant piece of work that was on Netflix. We have to do something because this disproportionately impacts black the black community. Everybody but the black community. And this is the thing. They did do something. Atlanta um, in 2018 uh, banned cash bail requirements. Um, and Georgia is basically saying, like, we know that this was a bipartisan solution under Governor Nathan Deal. We see some of the progress. We're going to reject all of that and go backwards just to penalize the entities like Color of Change, for example. Our good Brian brother, Kemp, the current our governor, good, Brian our Kemp, good brother yeah. Rashad, uh, Rashad Robinson, Robinson yeah. runs Color of Change, and they've engaged in programs to help get people out um, for holidays, for Mother's Day, for Father's Day. This bill is now on its way to Brian Kemp's desk, and I want to challenge him. There are members of our community who said that he's a good guy. I haven't seen it on voter suppression. I want to see what he does as it relates to, to bail reform. I'm just saying that that has been the, the talking point. So all you brothers and sisters and family members. All you brothers. Who ha- Stop out here, good guy. Brothers and sisters <laughs> and siblings who say that, you know, this is someone who is a decent man. I want to see if he's decent when it comes to bail reform. I mean, the worst Let's part see. of this <clears throat> is it doesn't make sense. Other, I mean, the reason why we'll put it back into its proper category, which is economic. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget, yeah. right? Where where the bottom line is always follow the money. Who it, who gets advanced by this economically? Who gets depressed, hurt by it economically? And I think we'll find you know where the interests in this whole thing lie. But 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 for the taxpayer, if we're just talking to the person who has to pay for this system. It doesn't make sense for us to have to pay to incarcerate, for taxpayers to have to pay to incarcerate people who are nonviolent, who are there on nonviolent offenses, waiting for a court date or a trial to be set. Thank God, in my case, when I had an indictment, I didn't have to serve any, you know, I I was able to go directly out and there was no bail set. And my... Uh, situation because there was it was a nonviolent accusation, thankfully proven not true. Well, can I just say really quickly right there? Please stick around to the end of the podcast oh, because yeah. you are going to get I'll into talk that. About that. Yeah, yeah he I'll talks talk about all about more. the trial and what what he goes through. It is a, I mean, this testimony, Andrew, was amazing. So yeah. just well, stick I, with us. I and I hope fewer to nobody else has to experience yeah. those kinds of things. But yeah. in, in this situation, you've got people there who as who are as innocent as I am, as you are, as any of the three of yeah. us or any of our listeners may be, who are sitting inside of four walls, um, experiencing all the consequences that, that come from that. Um, and eventually we may determine whether or not they deserve to be there. Yeah. But nobody's going to pay them recompense. Right. They don't get, you know, yeah. nobody's going to pay their Lives attorney's bill. They get nothing. Lives yeah. are devastated. And the taxpayer has been on the hook for it. We've been paying out of pocket for it. And it just, public policy-wise, economically for us, the taxpayers, it doesn't make any sense. It's just as that. egregious as you can't give people water at the polls. Right. That, it's equivalent right. to it. There's a thing with Georgia yeah, le- I said legislators. This is, I said this is as egregious. That's yeah. exactly like that's, right. that, This is, you all are trying to penalize folks who are trying to stand in the gap for the least of these. Yeah. Again, this is a battle of the haves and the have-nots. Yeah. You got to choose your side. And black folks, I would challenge you. You don't have the ability to stand on the side of the haves because everybody else in your family is a have not. Right. How about that? That is such a good point. Like when we, when we even as an individual in the family, when you make it, you don't make it with a trust fund. You make it with a payroll because you got to reach back because, you know, little Jeff Jeff want to go to prom. Right. He ain't got money for a rental car. Let's Seriously. ask Cousin Tiff. Let's ask Cousin Angela. Let's ask Uncle Andrew. You know, so Who that are happens. all in the 45 percent tax bracket. We, right. we give him half, half our check to the government. And, and middle age. I would That's like real. to have a reparations tax cut. <laughs> Speaking of black. Agendas. I agree with that. 
that. Um, can I just say really quickly yeah. before we get off this topic? I'm so happy that you brought up the point about people calling uh, Governor Brian Kemp a good guy. Please look into this man's background. He is the, the face of voter suppression. And so when you lend your platform, rappers, I'm not even going to name no names, but when you lend your platform to these people and stand on a stage with them, you essentially are endorsing sure. what they're doing. That might not be your intention, but they will use your likeness, your image, and they will say, Absolutely. look at this. I got this one. Absolutely. I bought this one standing with me. Um, and if you're showing up and not challenging them on these kind of policies, it's a big deal. Bail reform is an issue all across the country. This I is do, just Georgia. I, because we're talking about bail reform and you shout out a rapper, I'm not going to go without naming um, Killer Mike, who is Thank a, you. a brother. I wasn't going to name, but, but go he's, ahead. he's a brother to me. I'm going to say something that you might not like to. Okay. Um, to have this, the win that he had this week at the Grammys. Congrats to sweep in his categories and to be arrested. Yes, agree with for that. For an assault that did not occur. Um, I think that he can now stand right in the center of this yeah. as an advocate for what we're talking about based on the policy recommendations that he has himself, based on how much he stands 10, to- ten toes down for our community. I know that we'll be able to count on Mike to, to tell Governor Kemp to do the right thing. And I and I also just want to acknowledge his son was on the list for getting, I believe, a kidney transplant, and, and they were able to go forward with that. So best of luck oh, to their family. We, in this definitely for that. And we can, we can politically disagree with these people and still. I don't think he disagrees on this. Oh, no, but I just mean with mm-hmm. him. I've, I've had political disagreements sure, with him. Sure, sure. Um, our sister Joy, we, we did a show with him before we had disagreements. But my point is, he's still our brother. Absolutely. I don't know him personally, but he's still my brother. You know, percent. we can disagree as family. He loves black Out people. in the world, we are united. Yes. But when we have family talk, welcome home, y'all, we might disagree. So definitely, congrats on the Grammys. Definitely completely disrespected at the Grammys being yeah. arrested for an assault right after he won those right. categories but, you know, it, but I do saying, think I hope um, that that, rem- that reminds him um, not that he needed that reminder because of his friends and friends in his community to challenge Governor Kemp yes. he has him on speed dial not yeah. just remind him, him it ought to remind all of us yes. of an experience that is extremely true yeah. all facts. too true in our community That's which facts. is we can be a 10 yeah. off of our merit and what we've earned and what the hard work we put in and when they decide to come for you, yeah. they decide. Yeah. Not you decide to to aggress. They come, they for, come you. for you. Yeah. And they mean to take you out. Yeah. yeah. It's really sad to see. So just pay attention to these policies, guys. Um, you know, of course, you know, the First Step Act, the federal policy that tried to, to check a very punishing criminal justice system for our community. It's called the First Step Act because there needs to be a second act and a third act and a fourth act. So we'll, we'll definitely be talking about that. I know police brutality is something that's really um, close to all of us. But, Angela, you've been wanting to talk about that for a while. So next week, I think we should probably get into that. Yeah. Uh, that would be a good conversation. All right. We're going to take a really quick commercial break. Uh, but come back with us because on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. <laughs> Yes, indeed. I'll leave you with this teasing question. Did you guys know that Travis Kelsey invented the fade? Don't do Get that. out of here. Don't do that. Yeah, exactly. I've been rocking a messed up fade for years. Exactly. To the, to the white man told you how to do it. Till my hair betrayed me. All right, y'all, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this break. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, was booted. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now, he's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. 
freeze americano. Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back, everybody. Um, if you followed me for a while, you know I am an expert when it comes to all things sports. And so we are going to talk about the Super Bowl. Now, I know the audience knows who's playing in the Super Bowl. But for those people who embarrassingly have no idea, who are the teams playing in the Super Bowl? Tell us, Tiff. Well, I don't want to hog the mic for the show. I don't want to be able to have my co That would be the Kansas City Chiefs who and the it? San Francisco 49ers. And who just so them? people who don't know, embarrassingly, which team does Travis Kelsey play for? <laughs> Damn, you don't know that neither, Tiff? No, she's just oh, saying no. she wants I, you to have a chance to speak. Right, I'm trying to give you the I'm, I'm going to let you guess. You got a 50-50 shot. Um... I will say he doesn't play for Kansas City because... Oh. Well, that's wrong. Okay. Okay, well, who does Mahomes play well, for? Well, Kansas City. So, Travis Kelsey and Mahomes are on the same team. Hey, you know how many people time are on the team? Your time is up. Your time well, is up. Well, our resident sports expert has checked out for the day, ladies and gentlemen. I did not know they were on the same team. I don't Girl. think you checked in. Well, here's, here's who we do know is on the team. Yeah, tell me. Taylor Swift. Taylor Can Swift. we talk about that? Yes. So, so Travis Kelsey interested. invented the fade, and Taylor Taylor no, Swift invented swag surfing. The brother said he has he has he, he, he didn't you, invent that's it. That's so nice of you to use brother so yeah, loosely. Exactly. That's nice. He's, he's, he's just well, he did date a lot of us. I beg your pardon. Let's roll that Travis Kelsey sound where he defends himself to Tiff slander. Slanderous. It's absolutely ridiculous. 
and to do it and to do it on February first to throw me to the wolves like that, that was messed up, man. I don't want anything to do with that one, man. I I, just, I, I got a good fade if you need it though. It's a two on top, a nice high to mid fade with the taper in the back. But I didn't invent that. I just asked for it. I love That's his awareness. Yeah, I do like that. Well, he, he said a two. You know where he got that awareness from? From our barbershop. Us, right? No, he from got the that black from, from, from the black women he kicked away before he met Taylor. Uh, I think that's where he got that awareness from. But the number two, the number two. Let me tell y'all know what the number two is. I, well, I do, but it's for our viewers, why don't you tell sure them? Sure, you don't. Are. Sure, you don't. That's where so is that where you can get waves? It's long enough to get the waves. It's how low the blade goes to your head. Okay, he's a number two, so it's not yeah totally off the head, but it ain't totally on it either. All I know is he said y'all did not try to drag me this here Black History Month. Right. Shout out to him, yeah, he did. Travis on Kelsey, February first. For Appreciate being, that for being very uh-huh. clear about this, but yeah, I think what's so fascinating about um, Travis Kelsey is I ain't paid no attention to him before this tw- Taylor Swift stuff um, came out, and now I'm not the only one paying attention. They're talking about how the ratings have significantly increased with um, demos who are are um, Taylor Swift fans, and also. Um, Kansas City had higher viewership ratings of the Grammys. Um, oh, so for it, it, yeah, oh, there's wow. actually so some reciprocal. Um, there's a, some reciprocity there. Yeah, okay. Well, okay. My my beef with all of this is yes. though because the media has taken this and said Travis Kelsey. Everybody's talking about Travis Kelsey's haircut as though black folks wasn't rocking this haircut in the eighties. They said, "Can we have uh, the Travis Kelsey?" Even right, that. which is on, right now. even before that. But I, that's when I remember yeah. the fave like being yeah, a thing. Of course, and yeah. then the swag surf when they were like, "Oh, let's talk about this Taylor Swift." Swag surf dance. Good night. Angela was trying to get us a swag surf I would on love the podcast. To surf yeah, up. but <laughs> you know. <laughs> so this is, I, I just have to say, it's a worse indictment of yeah. the people asking the question than yes, it is of the those media. answering it, it's right? Hello, the media. hello. Speaking, I, can we, yes, can we talk about this, the other thing on the media? Please. So Jim Trotter, shout out to you. We love because you, Because he has always held the line. Um, And listen, when you are the only We know it can be challenging to hold the line. So shout out to people who hold the line anyway. Jim Trotter held the line a few years ago in a press conference with um, Roger Goodell. Just last year. He was asking it every year. No, I don't think it was. Was it? Yeah. I I thought he got. Okay, maybe. They laid him off shortly there. Then summarily dismissed. Yes. Okay, Jim Trotter, um, shout out to you. But I do also want to um, shout out that he set a legacy because legacy. this year Darren Smith, a, a, a host of a radio show at KLKC Radio Station, um, in Trotter's absence, posed this question. Take a listen. So look, I know I'm out of Kansas City. I've had dreams of maybe working for the NFL Network one day. But I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. But I'm, I'm out of Kansas City, so I've had dreams of working for the NFL Network one day. But be that as it may, I know that you don't run the NFL media newsroom, but you do run the NFL, and they answer to you along with the 32 owners. Um, as of this press conference, the NFL media newsroom still employs zero black managers, zero black copy editors, zero full-time black employees on the news desk, and your only full-time black employee, uh, Larry Campbell, passed away over the weekend. Now, Mr. Trotter, Mr. Jim Trotter was not here, uh, you know, for whatever reason. Over the last few years, I've asked you why that is the case. And for a league that has more than 60% African Americans that play, that play the game, uh, and I know that you're a man of conscience, how does knowing this sit well with you, uh, you know, and after two years of being asked this question, why has it not been any change or any hirings in that area? Well, I, I disagree completely with you. There hasn't been any change. Uh, I, I'm happy to get your data and share it with our people and make sure that we get an answer for you. I don't have all the data. I will tell you that the first time ever 
51% of our employees across the league, across the network, across all of our media platforms, not including players, are either people of color or women. First time ever. So progress is being made. And there are areas where we still need to work and we need, still need to improve, whether it's offensive assistance or maybe people in our media newsroom. We will continue to do that and make, a, make a significant progress as we have. Shout out to Darren Smith, hello. Yeah. my brother. Hello. We salute you. That's Thank how you, you for ask asking a question. The way he asked, That's I know you you're a, a man of conscience. Jim Trotter isn't here for whatever reason. Man. We heard everything he said and yeah. everything, everything he didn't. Yeah. yeah. So everything. shout out to him. But that is my biggest issue. And honestly, I'm sorry. Roger Goodell's answer was kind of bullshit to me. I I w- wish that he would have acknowledged. Listen, I know we do a horrible job at this, and I'm fighting every day. Yes. He's beholden to these billionaire owners, a lot of whom you know donate <sighs> to Republican causes and campaigns. So. I have my opinions about that. But it leads me to this question to you guys. Should we be watching the NFL? I'm definitely going to watch the uh, Super Bowl. Well, it's hard because I'm a big NFL fan, as you know. I so. can tell yeah. by thinking <laughs> Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes play for, the, for different teams. <laughs> but um, but I know you probably will watch, will, yeah. watch <laughs> will watch Usher. I'm going to watch Usher. I'm going to watch Usher. But I, I, think, I think that this is the point. Um, Roger Goodell doesn't sound any different than most Fortune 1000 CEOs. He doesn't mm. sound any different than most medium-sized businesses. He doesn't sound any different from um, folks who are cabinet secretaries in this Biden administration. Certainly doesn't sound any different from Trump administration yeah. officials. Why am I saying that? This isn't the we can't put all of white supremacy at the foot, feet of Roger Goodell, but we can certainly put some of it. They have made some changes. But what they do, Andrew, and you said this um, is the conflation of black and women or black, Asian, you know, Latino and women, black, native, native American, Latino and mm-hmm. Asian and women. And there's always like if we can put everybody in the same bucket, just like they did with affirmative action policy, then somehow it'll look better. But you're denying the fact that white women are most often married to white men. So that means the very white supremacist culture that was we're supposed to be trying to get rid of is continuing to benefit even from the programs that are there to help us. So, yes, there do need to be real answers here. And no, this was not a good one. And he should have been prepared because he's been asked this for several yeah. years. I also yeah. want to say in the area of, of press media, who is talking, who is speaking for you, who yeah. is speaking for your players, your movement, it matters to have diverse Press and communications Absolutely. rooms. Different people hear things differently yeah. um, and experience life differently. One of my biggest frustrations when I ran for governor was that the entirety of the press corps, political press corps in our state, was white yeah. and white male majority, right? So if you're talking about my race, my lived experience, what kind of policies we've we've accomplished that make me ready for this office, and you're not willing to get into the weeds of what my record was— or the experiences that I come from, you can't dare translate who yeah. I am yeah. to your reading public. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. Yeah. You can try, but you're going to miss the mark almost every time. So it, his question was really specific. Um, uh, Goddard didn't answer the specificity of that question. He answered writ large. And in answering writ large, you do what Angela has already talked about, which is you pull in every number that can put potentially make you look better. Yeah. Now, let's delve deeper. He says 60 percent of your players are black. I think it's close to 70. Well, he said, I'm just going from what yeah. the question but I, but was. But I do think the data is, as I looked, it, it was It, it may be. So yeah. simply represent us at the rate that we represent you. That's it. Mm, I love that. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. Full Parody. stop. Yeah. Okay. In well, all these industries. Yes. Start first. You're watching the NFL. NFL, yes. 
I'm watching halftime because I Super love Bowl. Usher. Super Bowl. Any, do y'all want to say real quickly what's, what y'all want to hear Usher perform, his song? Everything. I saw You know Vegas. my favorite? Right. I'll be your groupie, baby. <laughs> well, you know you Usher, my he actually stuff. references our, our group chat in one of his songs. What'd he say? Um, He says, I keep a dollar worth of dimes. Oh! Hey! Shout out I to mean, the machete. I mean, on the real. On the real. Y'all lost some. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to the machete. You got, got a couple oh. pennies on that one. <laughs> Not a penny. Don't couple, be no hater, Andrew. Ain't no pennies around pennies. here. Ain't no shout out to the brown brothers. Add them up, you get a dime. <laughs> All right. I, Damn. I, you know what? I'm ignoring Andrew. <laughs> so rude. I um I love I love hearing from the viewers. Me so too. I if we have time, I know we got a lot of viewer questions in off the top, but how do we feel about taking a few more of viewer questions? Please. Yes. Okay. Good, good, good. All right. Who we got? What's good, Native Land Pod? I'm Larry, and I'm from Dallas. Uh, but I did want to know whether or not you guys are going to talk about insider trading. Uh, I mean, tens of millions of dollars have been made, obviously, with public knowledge. You know, lawmakers outperform the stock market 15% a year on average. Maybe somebody wanted to bring that up. Thank you, Larry, for that question. We love uh, we love your love, brother. Thank you for weighing in. <laughs> I want to kick this to Angela because you, um, just for those who don't know, if you haven't followed Angela's career, she's not just a beauty, um, but she was the executive director of the Congressional Black Caucus for some years, but also worked in a few offices before you had that position. So yeah. what say you? Uh, yeah, I would just take this from the political standpoint. Um, first, it is um, definitely illegal for um, any member of Congress, any elected official to engage in insider trading, um, as it is for everyone. Um, but there are also ethics uh, rules that require you to disclose stocks where you have investments, et cetera. I believe in um, a couple of years back there was, yeah, in the New York Times, they, they had a, a report on the 97 members of Congress who reported trading um, in committees where uh, these these particular companies were a part of their jurisdiction. So I think it still is problematic. Um, if I'm being honest with Larry, I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, this issue of importance to me is about a point zero 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 three. just because I have other things that I'm concerned about right yeah. now. But I do want to flag that it is an issue that politicians have to be aware of and have to disclose on their ethics reports every year. Yeah, maybe we should just know more about financial news too. Yeah, black a lot of black folks got took on that cryptocurrency market, and oh now that it's tanking, God. so You're we right. we should as right. on this podcast maybe we'll talk more about that. Maybe said we'll make it segment. make it a seven. Okay, <laughs> we'll make it a seven. <laughs> well, just something for us to discuss because I don't know anything about it. Yeah, so I'm happy that you were here to answer the question. Um, all right, I think we have time for one more. That was a quick answer. So, uh, Nick, give us another question. Hi, Native Land Podcast. My name is Chris Jones. I have a question pertaining to the black vote. We have many large cities with a large black population, such as Houston, Texas, Memphis, Tennessee, and Miami that are in very conservative states. And my question is, why don't we get our politicians to change to the popular vote, especially in the presidential uh, election instead of the electoral college? And if we did that, I feel like our black vote would actually count more. What are your thoughts? 
Mm. Well, I just want to make a quick, I want, I'm going to kick this to you, Andrew, but I don't like the term the black vote because we're not a homogenous voting block. And we have to consider that we are not always talking about federal policy. And yep. when you get to some of those ballot initiatives and um, state and local politics, our votes can fracture. We don't mm-hmm. always feel the same way. Mm-hmm. So I think he's asking about black voters. What do you say? Yeah. So <clears throat> sometimes those can be uh, converged. That our black interest and yeah. our black vote sort of go along along the way. I want to thank him for the question, but uh, in truth, um, it would require a constitutional amendment yep. uh, to change the way in which our president is elected. It is not popular vote informs the electoral college. The electoral college is then um, uh, supposed to represent uh, the interest of the popular vote. However, Donald Trump and what led to 20 uh, the 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 revolt by he and his followers um, was in contradiction of how the Electoral College was supposed to initially uh, initially initially work. Um, All that to say, it's going to be pretty hard to change the Constitution. So I have another suggestion, which is we can do another great migration. Um, you all recall mm. the Great Migration. My good friend, Dr. Kenesha Grant, wrote a great uh, book about the, uh, the Great Migration. But when we fanned out from the south and made our way further yeah. north and further west, um, we lost a lot of density in southern states where a lot of the overrepresentation of the Electoral College uh, toward the Republicans still exists. In yeah. fact, it thrives. Yeah. So if y'all could come on home, yeah. welcome home. I'm still in the welcome south. Home. Yes. Y'all want to come back and join us, then there's a way in which to impact the Electoral College um, more wholly and see whether or not if then Republicans or the majority get an appetite to change the Electoral College. We'll be yeah. back to counting the bubbles and the bars of soap, honey. Yeah, we'll do that. yeah. Well, they, well, Florida, I mean, they essentially tried to reinstitute a poll tax after Amendment 4 passed, granting formerly incarcerated people the right to vote. Well, so it still exists, right? It still exists, The problem exists, yeah. there still exists, that's right. And so anyway, I, yeah. reverse migration. That's my solution. I, you know, that's a good point for a lot or of a policies. a state convention. Imagine if all of us moved to Jackson, Mississippi. Come on. The Republican governor there, Tate Reeves, will have some challenges there. No, he wouldn't you know? exist. There wouldn't right. be a Tate he wouldn't Reeves. be. We would. Yeah, that's true. Mississippi, a lot of these Alabama, Georgia, parts Tennessee, of Florida, like Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, you name it. All across the South, uh, where Black folks have significant numbers. Yeah. But unfortunately, they're not at parity. Yeah. We're certainly not the majority, and we don't show up that way um, uh, electorally, unfortunately. Well, I love his question, because yeah. I think the last four or five elections haven't been decided by the popular vote, but the Electoral College. That's right. And they've been Contrary out of step with each other. Contrary to the, yeah. the, the popular vote. If there were Democratic governors, there also wouldn't be these migrant crises in cities in the in the North, either. Yeah. Just saying. That's true. That's Just true, saying. too. Because we wouldn't be shipping. She's saying that because Governor Abbott and, yes. and DeSantis have been shipping migrants, migrants. off. Um, to what they call liberal cities. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Exactly. Except just to make the, the point clear, Florida didn't actually get its migrants from Florida. He went to Texas, recruited yeah. uh, wow. migrants in Texas, put For them on a, a plane, stunt. paid for the plane, sent them to Martha's Vineyard. Political stunt with people's yeah. lives. So and then nobody say, how come they didn't put me on a free plane? <laughs> right. Nobody right. said that. Exactly. How come you didn't take people from Florida? Uh, all right. Um, let's take a, a really quick uh, break because um, I want you all to stick around on the other side of this. Andrew, we are going to hear the rest of your um, testimony. This is pre-taped. This is what Andrew uh, shared last week. But because it was so dense, we um, we want to make sure that you hear his entire testimony. So don't go anywhere. 
after right after this break, Andrew will talk about what happened after Miami, his next harrowing uh, challenge, the trial. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of MoviePhone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I get a call and I'm at my home office and very week after this Sunday of Father's Day, where I tried to be the model of a father, you can imagine in this period of time, um, and the call comes through and it says, this is agent, you know, such and such. And I, uh, calling on behalf of the FBI or the government, federal government, and I need to get with you because we've got a, uh, uh, um, 
what is it called? A sealed grand jury indictment of you on however many counts he says, and I'm not remembering all this at the time. And we need to we need to, we need to know where you are so you can surrender yourself. And I'm in my house and I'm standing up because my heart rate has gone up when I hear him introduce himself. And so I'm pacing. And when he says, I have this indictment and we need to, I had never experienced um, a breathless moment that I can recall. And I remember not having oxygen, but because he was doing the talk and I wasn't worried about him hearing me lose my breath because I was determined that he wasn't going to see me weak. So he says what he says. And I say, okay, um, let me get in touch with my attorney. Um, but I'm at my house, my address, I can give it to you. If you let me know when you're ready to write it down, I, I, I can surrender myself right now. I just need to make sure someone's going to be able to pick up my kids today because pick up the kids. And I need to call my mom so she can be here to help RJ because she's going to be overwhelmed when I call her to tell but with every strength that I have, I say, okay, we'll get, and then he says, well, you don't need to come, come in. We just need to ne negotiate a time and when you can do it. And da 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 da. Cause I've never had this happen before. I think if you get a thing and they say, you got to go, I'm like, well, I'll put on some comfortable clothes and I'll get down to the, I don't know, jailhouse or wherever. And he says, no, 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 uh, call your lawyer. He'll get in touch with us and so on and so forth. So he was so jubilant to deliver that news to me. And I guess I confused him when I said, okay, I'll come right in as soon as I can get someone to pick my kids up and I can, I can get somebody here to be here for my wife. And I hang up and I make a call to my lawyer. They start doing whatever they do on their side. And then I make the call to RJ and I say to um, Jay first, Jay, try to stay calm, but I just got a call from, I think the FBI or somebody saying that I um, have to um, surrender myself for arrest for um, uh, a federal crime, a grand jury, a sealed grand jury indictment. And she says, what? That, you know, and it, you can imagine on the other end what, what, what that, what that's like. And, she immediately comes undone, which was my worry. <laughs> and I don't want her driving across town, racing here to the house. Um, Cause her safety, her life was most important to me at that time. Um, and she makes her way uh, home and we, all this stuff begins to unfold. And I'm really not at this point letting any of it penetrate except there are things that must be put in place if I'm going to be away. This needs to say, I start writing on all my accounts. I start this is saying where money and retirement and, oh, I thought such and such had this document, but I want to make sure you have everything you need in case. And they said, so we've arranged you're going to surrender tomorrow morning. I don't know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. Um, and you'll go first to the FBI offices surrender to them they'll take you into custody take you to the courthouse in their car and at the courthouse they will um um uh 
surrender you to the U.S. Marshals or the court or something, some some transition and pass off. Then you'll see the judge. The judge will likely release you on your own. There's not a violent crime, a blue collar, all this kind of stuff. So they're going through it. But just be prepared. They may perp walk you. I was like, well, what is that? And they described for me, that's when the cameras are already assembled and they've got you booked and they walk you through them. And I just lose it on that because I'm saying, well, why do we have to do that? Is there not a private way in? Why do we have to, you know, do this walk thing? And they said, well, this is how they beat their chest and show off about what, you know, what they've done and, and, and get to have the images that they want. And I am just, you know, devastated by this. And at this point I say, I need to, I need to tell my family. I've had to tell the people who I know to be ready for what this is going to look like. And it was actually Angela who pulled together a call and hers was going to be of journalists because her thought was you tell people uh, news when you know it is imminent and it's coming rather than waiting for it. And, and Tiffany, you were on that call. I remember you. I remember your voice very clearly in my ear, even now, as I think about it, because you were like the injustice the next morning. I have that, that evening I say to my wife, RJ, and I say to my mom who is now here and some other relatives who have gathered that when I surrender myself, that I don't want them to be there, that I was telling them that tomorrow you cannot come and that everything was going to be fine. The lawyers told me they'll let me out and I'll be home before the kids get out of school probably. And I said, um, I'm going to go by myself. I'll have Sam drop me off. I'll take it from there. And when it's all done, Sam's going to bring me back, you know, bring me back home. And then we'll decide what to say to the kids. And they, of course, are like, no, we have to be with you. But they honored my request. And then my pastor speaks up and he says, well, I'm going with you, too. And then my friend who's a school board member, but a very close friend, Daryl Jones, says, and I'm going too. I'm your armor bearer. We're both going to, we're going to be with you. So the next morning they show up at my house and my attorney, one of the attorneys from Miami is here and the pastor's here. We all pray together at the house and I am trying to be as stoic as I can be because I want to leave my family with the knowledge that I was fine, that we are going to beat them and that I'm, uh, God has prepared me for this fight. I know it. We're going to beat them. I get in the car and the pastor and I talking and whatnot. And, and, and I'm noticing, you know, I live, you know, probably 30 minutes from that where their headquarters were. And, and we drove in that morning talking and he was trying to cite scripture in verse. And I was hearing him, but I was playing along. I was not present. I was like, don't cry. Keep your face together. You are not going to show weakness to anybody. Not today. And we get to their offices um, my pastor comes in with me. Daryl comes in with me to the FBI offices. I surrender myself into them. They take some things off of me and I can't remember. I think it's my license and some other stuff. Um, and I can't have anything on my person, no phones, no this. I'm wearing a suit, but I've got to take the belt off and all this other stuff. And so I get right they take me into custody, and I'm thinking this is where I leave Pastor and Daryl. They've brought me to where I have to, whatever. And they said, all right, we're going to follow you, and we're going to see you at the courthouse. And I said, okay. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if they're going to be allowed. To. I don't know what that look, looks like. They got me to the courthouse. The thing that I had girded myself up to prepare for was this perk walk. But 
some people from that call the night before knew that that was a big concern of mine. And somehow, in God's grace and good movement, I was able to be surrendered underground and go up and, and so on and so forth, which I counted as a really big blessing because I didn't want I didn't want my parents there and my family there because I didn't want them to see me ever. I didn't want to see me in handcuffs and then to have to be surrendered in that. And I know that there will be pictures. I didn't want my kids to see a picture. I didn't want them to see a picture of me like that. And so I knew in federal court, I knew enough from them prepping me for the press that they couldn't have cameras in the courtroom. They could have some images that they draw, but there were no, there was no technology. So I felt like, okay, I'd be safe once I'm in. Um, well, there's a holding cell that I go in for several hours and then they come in to get me. And this time they are, they are, the marshals are, are, are cuffing me differently. Um, now they have put cuffs around my legs. And then there's a big chain that goes up to my waist that is, is, is a big chain and it's cuffed. And then my hands have handcuffs, but then those handcuffs have this, this chain going through it and then that's cuffed again. So my movements are very limited, my walk. And I'm thinking... This ain't a criminal. It's just not, like it's a lot of stuff. We're just going to the judge. And the agents, younger kind of guys, and I say, well, I guess this is as close as I'll ever get to chattel slavery. They have a hmm, but they don't speak any words. Um, wow. Uh, that testimony, Andrew, thank you so much. Thank we, you, we love you. We love you um, so much. And you, I, this, this podcast has been a joy, I think, for all of us to do um, alongside you. So well, just simply thank you all for the support. You all held me down, uh, not just on this podcast, but all the way through. And um, thank you all the listeners for your feedback, for your testimonies that you shared personally. And um, keep choosing to to move. Yeah. And move. Well, because you said so much, there's still more that you guys <laughs> did not hear of his testimony. Mm -hmm. So because we think it's so um, special to us because we love you, but also special to you guys because you guys got to know Andrew um, over the past couple decades, we are releasing his third part of his testimony as its own standalone pod because your response, the uh, yes. viewer response to it was so overwhelming. So you guys will be able to get that on this coming Monday. Okay, it is that time in the show for call to action. Um, do I go first or Andrew? Maybe Andrew, you should go first. Uh, you the man. A lot. I, you I, the man. I've spoken a lot. Why don't you go? Andrew? You don't know what your call to action is. That's no what it is. He buys some time. So he buys some time. No, I got my call to action. Okay, you go. I, okay. Come on. <laughs> this already. is my call to action. Um, Joy Reid, our Yay. sister. Hey, Joy. We love Joy. Joy, Joy. 
So my call to action really is about love. Um, By the time we come back to you guys, Valentine's Day would have come and gone. Um, And so when we do all this work, all of us, uh, we are out here hitting pavement, doing grassroots work, doing policy work. And um, it is nice to have a partner in life. You talked a lot about RJ in your testimony. Um, But to have somebody alongside you hold your hand and fall in love. And Joy Reid explored that aspect of um, Medgar and Murley Evers. Love it. And she has um, her book drops uh, this week. Yeah. It's it's out. It's out. It's out. So she did um, The View with Our Girl Sunny on Monday. She did Tamron Show. Um, So please go out and buy this book. Uh, You can get it everywhere books are sold. We encourage you to go to your independent bookstores, black-owned bookstores. Shout out to Uncle Bobby's um, in Philly, uh, Mark Lamont Hill store. Love you, Mark. You can order it online from independent stores. So that's my call to action. I'm asking y'all to support Medgar and Murley. Medgar and Murley. Ditto. So good. And find some love in your life. Why are you doing this work? Oh, love Get yourself first. Love. <laughs> love yourself first. That is, yeah, that? my lesson this week. Love, love yourself, yourself first. first. All right, Andrew. Love yourself. That's your call to action? And go get the book. Okay. We love Joy. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to add on. Love yourself. Go get the book. And in the spirit of loving Black History Month, <laughs> we are sitting with living <laughs> Black History. What are we doing? We are the world. I tried to I'm touch her hand. Andrew. I pulled your hand away. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, you knocked her out he her did, chair did, earlier. Did not oh, me out That'd be in the outtakes. You're being dramatic. But guess what? <laughs> We are celebrating Tiffany Cross Week all week. Yeah. And so my call to action is for all of you to send our girl some some birthday love. love. Tell her happy birthday. Cash accepted. Tell her just because she is sharing 45 with Donald Trump, she does not have to become (laughs) Donald Trump. (laughs) Tell her that her destiny is going to be greater than hers, that she will not have 91 indictments or even one. Tell her that she will not face a civil trial for defamation. Tell her that instead she will live abundantly in all of the goodness and it's very we love loaded. you. We, very loaded. We love you, Tiff. I wanted I to sh- shade Donald Trump in this, but very I do want to say... It's beautiful how you did it. I do want to say that I'm so grateful for your birth. I'm so grateful to call you sister. I'm so thankful to share this platform with you. I am so glad and grateful that your latter years will be greater than your former mm. years. Ditto. And... Um, yeah, we you. love you, girl. Hey, happy we love birthday, you. I received that. This birthday, I'll just say quickly, this birthday would not be what it is without our friendship. Um, uh, all of you guys, I will say our we love everybody. Our girl group, our group chat Bless has held me up so many times. And so I really encourage people, find you sisters who ride for you, who you ride for. Because when I think about love in my life, the most abundant places where I get love is our, our group chat. Yeah, you know, oh. like Shout these out to are the machetes. I mean, you can't post a picture without them saying you so fine, you look good. You, you <laughs> know, we that. are always loving love on each that. other. Birthdays, we give nice gifts to each other. So, I um, it. I feel very loved. I expect to feel a lot more love from you, Andrew, when we go eat. Come on, friend. After this, Listen, come on, friend. You have been talking about my gray hair. Oh well, no, we it was in. pointing out. I, I got grays everywhere. Yes, well, Andrew and, and, and Andrew hair. both hate my headphones. I hate these our headphones. I'm gonna get her some AirPods for her birthday. Happy birthday, get some. Um, you just we gotta hope... change the size. Uh, no, I don't like. I don't like this chain. Oh, you saying for the AirPods? I agree. I like that chain. She's well, anyway, my wife and I have the same. One. We oh, hope y'all are I so love that. We love you, Jay. We love you, RJ. Before we end the show, I want to remind everyone to leave us a review and subscribe to Native Land Pod. We're available on all platforms and YouTube. New episodes drop every Thursday. You can also follow us on social media. We are Angela Rye, Tiffany Cross, and Andrew Gillum. Welcome home, y'all. Welcome home. There are 270 days until Election Day. 
Native Land Pod is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with Reason Choice Media. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.